What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Okay, so today we have Kim Marks, who is a principal workplace practice leader. Quite a, a mouthful there. So what do you actually do? Nothing. <laughs> I, I do business development and um, projects for the workplace uh, practice. I don't like that answer. Does that matter? <laughs> um, well, like more specific. So <clears throat> is it specific to the company you work at? And like, because I know your initial role was not that. So how did you end up in this role? Well, my focus has always been creating interior environments for the corporate office users. And so when this position came available to lead this practice in both offices, our Charlotte and Grand Rapids office, um, I requested this position. So what I really do is help corporate clients um, use their space, their campus, whether it's interiors or an actual multi-building campus, use their space most efficiently to get the best use out of it for their employees and meet their productive productivity goals for their corporation. So then why is it called Principal Workplace Practice Leader? Did you choose that name or? No, Principal is just that I have ownership in the company. Okay. So I am a Principal at Progressive AE. Workplace Practice Leader is the title of what I do. Okay. What is your actual position? What did you study? So I studied uh, interior design initially when I was at University of Georgia. Um, I had always wanted to be an architect, but was fearful of all the sciences um, because where I grew up, Georgia Tech was the only school um, that I knew that had that degree, and they are very science-oriented. And I knew it wasn't a good fit, but a professor of mine at the University of Georgia, who was an architect, introduced me to Rhode Island School of Design and their architectural program. So once I graduated from University of Georgia, I went to Rhode Island School of Design for Architecture. So I am dual degreed, but have always practiced interior architecture more so than ground up, base building architecture. Okay. What made you want to do that? Um, from an early age, I liked rearranging rooms. I was always rearranging my bedroom, my sister and I's bedroom. And then I designed playhouses for my sibling and my siblings, my brother and sister and I, um, over and over again. So I feel like that's kind of obnoxious. Yeah, it kind of is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very big playhouse. So did you get a job right out of college or did you travel or kind of what was your work history? 
Um, After you went to Rhode Island School of Design? No, I got a job within... I had a job when I graduated. So I went straight into working. Um, really wasn't an option back then for me to travel. Right after that, I had to work. I had to support myself. So what's a normal day at the workplace like? Well, I'm in the office about 8.15 and I try to catch up on emails. Usually have meetings. Uh, sometime during the day. So my day really is between writing proposals, um, reviewing projects with my project managers, and making calls, trying to connect with um, people to find to find projects because I have to keep the the um, I have to keep the projects coming into the office to keep our team busy. So there's a lot of it on you to get the projects, not as much people coming to you guys saying, hey, where this project want you guys to do? Um, it's 50-50. A lot, we have a lot of repeat clients, um, but you also, you always have to fill the coffers with the new clients because every year my, my goal is bigger than it was last year. Um, How are the goals set? Are they based off of the previous year or are you trying something new each year? Um, they're based off, it's pretty much a 10% growth from last the previous year. And then I write the business plan for our workplace market. So, I mean, it's always easier to get more business from existing clients than than um, trying to get new ones but with my market we do a, we have to do a lot of presentations and proposals and competing with other firms to get the big projects so how do you separate yourself what's your sales pitch why should they hire you because we're fun it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point um well, what we say is that we listen to them. We don't have a prescribed design method um, look like some of the firms do. So we try to give um, tenants and corporate end users what they need to make their business work, not what we think they need. And we try to be flexible with our pricing so that we work within their budget and we try to design within their budget because a lot of design firms um, are out for the magazine, the, you know, the slick photograph and don't always um, pay attention to the, to the client's budget because um, they design what they want to design. Fair enough. Do you think your studies and previous experience prepared you for <clears throat> quote unquote entering the real world and having that job right out of graduating from RISD and stuff? It's been a long time since I graduated. <laughs> if you can dig back in the memory chambers and think um, about it. No, I mean, 
Yes and no. No meaning I ended up owning my own business and so uh, none of my studies really address that and the hardships and you know having partners and what that meant. So from that end no. From the actual practice of working on a project, yeah for the most part. I mean you still you learn a ton on the job that they just can't prepare you for so any important <coughs> advice anybody gave you starting out that you remember or you just kind of went um, with it networking you have to network you have to you have to build a network that will provide you um provide you business leads and goals you know help you meet those goals but also, your network um, just provides you support that um, is critical when you're when you're uh, working. And then, so you said you started your own company. Why'd you do that? Were you just tired of working for someone else? Um, or so we were in a situation with a company where. The majority of the business was between myself and one other person. Um, and the current management of that firm was going through a lot of turmoil. Um, so, of which I did not think was a good positive environment, place to be. And um, so, I chose to leave that environment and went and found another job and about um, before that I tried to get um, my current partner to go out and start a firm together he wasn't quite ready so I went and found another job and then when we he did call me about a year later and say he was ready so <laughs> we, so I quit my job and um, then we started AI Design Group. What was it like at the beginning? A lot of trial and error because you said you weren't prepared for kind of running a business and all that entails? Well, sure. All of a sudden you're responsible for 10 people's lives and their well-being. So, um, and they're trusting that you know what you're doing to make it happen. Um, and they all have families and you know obligations and but we were lucky in the sense that we started out with we opened the doors with 10 people um why 10 people uh the previous company um disintegrated pretty much and so when we started we got to select the people from that firm that we wanted to go with us and we were able to take uh, the work that we had been doing at that company with us so we hit the ground running and easily supported you know 10 people but in the meantime we were setting up you know the business aspect, which neither one of us had really ever run, um, we knew how to win projects and 
deliver projects, but we had never been responsible for the HR and the the uh, financial piece and the legal piece and all of that that you have to get together in running a company. So how long from start, when you first started working on this idea and getting it up and running until you felt like you guys were okay? Well, we we had to do it in six months. Why six months? Um, because that's when the other company was legally officially disintegrating it was uh, January 1 so we had to be up and running so we had to find an attorney we had to work through the legal aspects of setting up a company we had to find a bank that would uh, give us loans or back us we had to talk to all the clients that were coming with us or we hoped were coming with us at the time we had to make um, and do employment agreements with the 10 people that were with us. Well, eight. So it was a lot of work, but we, and if we weren't up and running by January 1st, then people went without paychecks. So then we had to make it happen. Did and you have did. a life outside of doing this at this point in time? <laughs> sure, I had children. <laughs> That's true. I had to. Had to be a mother. Had to be a mom. <laughs> so what are some pros and cons to what you're doing. So like two pros, two cons to what you're currently doing right now. Well, I guess one pro is that um, with this merger, I've been able to help people grow and step up into new positions. Some of them were positions that as a smaller firm on our own, we, you know, I did. So I did a lot of different things. Um, I wore many hats. And so with a merger, it's allowed people to step up and take some of those roles and own them and run with them. So that's been good. And so I like that. I like the mentoring aspect of that. And I'm trying to mentor the person who will take my, <laughs> my role now, my business, my marketing business development role. What are you transitioning out of that phase whenever they're ready or whenever I'm ready I guess <laughs> when you give them the reins well I gave her some reins this year um, I gave her her first goal um, I don't know we've worked together forever so when she's ready when I'm ready <laughs> slowly part of you just doesn't <clears throat> want to give up that role yes I mean it's what I've done forever you're most comfortable doing that? Well, it's a love-hate relationship because some days I'm just not in the mood for it. <laughs> Depends on the day. But I'm very competitive, so I like to win, so it's always good when you win. It is. It is a good day when you get the W. Yep. Um, so you said merger. So you started your company in when? January 1st, 2003. January 1st, okay. And then what was the merger? When was it? I think it's officially August 1, 2016. And what was the merger? So did so we merged with a larger company out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, they are a architecture, interiors, and engineering firm, whereas we were just architecture and interior designers. 
when we merged, there were 170 in their office and 40, 48 in ours. And so they approached us. They were looking for a new location to grow their talent because they were the they are the largest firm in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm. and trying to find and retain talent up there is a little difficult. Um, so they were looking for um, to do the weather. Or what is the reason for people not wanting to be in Grand Rapids? Well, I'm not sure I can answer that. The weather probably has something to do with it, but it's much more of a family-oriented place and not a young, young, thriving environment. Is it, like, growing? It is growing. So, like, next 10 years or so, maybe more so kind of like, maybe like a Greenville, South Carolina? Maybe. Not quite. It's pretty hip. I mean, it's it's gotten a lot better, that's for sure. They have more breweries than, than Charlotte does. So. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad, then. It's not bad. Keeps you entertained. If you like beer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you guys got bought out, um, and then you maintained your role as being a principal. and. I did. But just took some of the stress off. Off of. Took some of the stress off. I wasn't in charge of HR anymore because there was an HR director. I wasn't in charge of marketing anymore because we had a marketing department. And and so even uh, running the Charlotte office, um, making day-to-day decisions, some of that is even rolled off because of different other people's being able to step up. That's kind of nice, mm-hmm. I guess. You get I have roles. one job now, not uh, 15. Okay. You get to, get to perfect the one job, not have to worry about 15 other things. Yes. You get to be the boss. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, we still owe me two cons. If you um, could change anything about, <clears throat> or I guess, change anything or what's you don't like about what you're currently doing. Or tweaks. Well, yeah. I don't like the stress. It is stressful. <laughs> um, is it like self-imposed stress, or is it stress from getting the projects done by deadlines, or making sure the clients are happy, or yes, all those, all those. So, um, and then another con would be that's really it. I mean, because I've. I have managed to quit working so many hours. Um, What are you most proud of professionally? That we build a business that somebody wanted to buy. (laughs) It's good. That's pretty darn cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And that we have clients like Bearings that um, I've worked with almost 15 years. So... That's good stuff. Did you start off? Well, I know you had said that you kind of you had basically two choices because the previous um, company was kind of going out of business, and you knew that. But before then, did you have like an inkling to start a business? Like, is entrepreneurship in your family, or? Well, it's definitely in the family. Um, it didn't scare me. Uh, when we started, I didn't lose any sleep on that, over that. 
because I figured I could always go get another job if it didn't work. So I don't know, it didn't really phase me. Um, the scariest part of the whole 14 years that we were in business, I guess, or 13 on our own was really the recession and then having to cut salaries and cut people to keep it going. That was, that was the worst part. Did you guys have a huge dip in that time period? A huge dip? What do you mean? In like employment and obviously wow. projects because people aren't. We went from 35 people to 15. <laughs> Um, and we said those were the, that was the family we couldn't. The 15? The 15. We called them the family. There was, was everybody riding on <coughs> bare minimum? We cut salaries, we cut everything we could cut. Just to stay afloat and to keep working? Afloat. How long were you guys like that? I think it was, the worst was six months. But we managed to have enough business to keep most people, uh, you know, working 30 to 40 hours a week. That's pretty good. One person did take time off, but he also had a family issue at that time, so he needed to focus on that too, so it kind of worked out. I mean, that's pretty awesome that you guys can do that. We tried. That's all you can do. Give it a go. See how Give it, it works. Go. Doesn't work out, you know? You tried? Yeah. What's the coolest project you've ever worked on? Oh, bearings. So um, what is bearings, if people don't know what bearings is? They're a financial um, investment company, and we started with them when they were 10 people, I think. Are they based in Charlotte? They're based in Charlotte. They, I think uh, the um, CFO, not CFO, CEO, came from Wells which was First Union way back then. Um, he broke off from their group, started this company. Um, so we've moved them into three different offices now, the last being their global headquarters. So they are quite successful now. And they've just been fun to work with. We've done multiple offices uh, locations for them recently finished their New York office and um, just really enjoy the people the CEO you know everybody they have in their in their group so is that kind of like the best part is <clears throat> when you see that finished product like going to New York and seeing the office and like seeing what you had designed on paper and on the computer and actually being able to touch it and and Yep, yeah. and feel it and take the photographs and know that the client's happy and it meets their goal. So is that why you do what you do? That is why we do what we do. Okay, so why does Kim do what she does? Who knows? <laughs> um, well, it's all about relationships and um, for me and uh, whether that's my team and the relationships we have um, or our clients, because sometimes I, sometimes now, I don't even hold the client relationship. Um, some of my people hold the client relationships, but I mentor them through those relationships and challenges. Does the like architecture, interior kind of profession rely more on word of mouth for getting 
a job and getting that intro or would you say it's kind of like an equal opportunity to get a job if you're no, applying on LinkedIn? Mouth. You yeah. have to be, there are three ways we, we get jobs, really. One, and the preferred way is where we have a relationship with the corporate end user, which means we're working directly with them. Second is where they're working with a broker looking for office space, and then the broker gets to pull in, recommend two, three, four architectural firms, and then they interview you, and then you have to do a sales pitch. Sales pitch. We call it dog and pony. <laughs> Why a dog and pony? I don't know. It's old terms. <laughs> we have to do a dog and pony show, um, and then it's you know it's a crapshoot at that point. Depends on what they hear, what order you interview in. The order plays a part? Oh, yeah. You don't want to be first? Or do you want to be first? Depends on who you're talking to. You either want to be first or last. They never remember in the middle. They just zone out? Zone out. Don't have any time for that? What was the third one? And then the third is you might be recommended by um, somebody in your network, whether it's a contractor, a banker. Like just two weeks ago, I got a referral from... A friend of mine who's a banker so that's where your network plays heavily in, into your uh, project leads so so there's no one one set way no you one set never, way never you just <laughs> have to have a broad network and see what happens so for people getting out of school so like recent grads and stuff you need a college degree correct with what or, we do yes, yes. Is it a four-year degree, or do you need it's to five go to years. five years? Mm-hmm. Is it like a master's program, or just a? Mm, it's called a professional degree, not a master's. Okay. And you have to, <clears throat> for an architectural degree, it's five years, and you have to take an exam that has, I think there's seven parts to the exam now. There were nine when I took it. Um, did they condense it now, <clears throat> or did they? Just take some. Okay. But for interior design, it's a four-year program, and there is an exam. I think that's three parts. I never took that one. Why not? Because the architectural um, one is the one that is seen as a professional degree, and to to be a business owner um, as part of an architectural firm, there's a certain... A percentage of the partners that have to be registered architects. So did you take that test before you owned your own I company? I had started it, but I had not finished it. And I wasn't really going to finish it because I was knee-deep with children and work. Um, and because most of my work was interiors, it was not as relevant. But to be an owner of an architectural firm no no more than 33% of your ownership could be unlicensed. And hmm. so in order to have other owners in the company, it um, meant they all came out of my ownership if I was unlicensed. Yeah. So I, um, I got licensed. All right. So would you say that nowadays most people, when they get out of school, they already 
have their license or is it like one of those you graduate? You have to work in the field for um, so much time before you can start taking the test. Okay. Like when I graduated, you had to work, I think it was three years, two or three years before you could start taking the exam. Now you can start taking parts of it immediately when you get out, um, but you still have to have X amount of hours before you can finish it up. And then you can work, can you work anywhere in the States? Is it the same overseas or how does that work? work anywhere in the States with a five, with a five year degree in the um, exam under your belt. But you can't work overseas? I don't know how that works. I'd imagine they probably have different <clears throat> I would imagine. And some states have some different codes. Um, California has, because of the earthquake, they have different codes. So would you have to get, like, take a class, get CEUs, or how does um, that work? Well, we have to get CEUs every year to keep our license. So every year, how many hours do you need? 18. But a lot of times what we'll do is we will hire local people in different areas to do, you know, to become our partners in a project so that because if, because they know local codes and um, how to get through the permitting system because every permit, permitting is different in every, every location. So do they get a portion of... Well, you work out a fee every Yeah, okay. I assume you have interns, so do you hire a lot of your previous interns when they get out of school, or like how do you kind of structure? Yeah, that's the goal we like to hire. Our office doesn't have as many interns as our Grand Rapids office. They have a really big internship program. We hire one one to three interns a year and if they're good we like to hire them when they get out of school or some will work with us while they're in school the last the senior their senior year do they have to have an internship in the architecture <clears throat> program um it depends on they don't it depends just depends on the school requirements um not so much the uh, to get your degree to some schools. Okay. What's the intern typically do? Like, are they actually hands-on, or are they coffee runners and sitting around twiddling their thumbs? Well, yeah, they're hands-on. They're not coffee runners. <laughs> they better not be getting coffee. She um, keeps them busy. Yep. So they should be hands-on. They should be going out into the field. Like they go see projects and go see stuff projects. Like that. They go do site verification with uh, experienced people. So they do a, our job is primarily on the computer. So I mean, it is a lot of computer drawing. So they do a lot of computer. Is that technologies? I assume that they learn at school, and then. They should have at least maybe a baseline knowledge for some of them, maybe not all of them, because some companies probably use different programs, or is it pretty oh, it's mainstream? pretty standardized now. They do teach it in, um, in college, especially in the architectural programs. Interior programs, they might use a little bit different. Do you hire only people that are architecture or interiors or engineering-based, or would you ever... I don't know what would apply to even that. But I assume 
if you take as long as you can like pass that test could you have a previous like some other type of major or area of study probably not no it's just very specific it's to very specific going into and doing this. schools are very different so different programs are very so we look for kids in particular schools or not from particular programs Oh, so you're biased. <clears throat> is it just because, like, the type of students that usually come out of these? No, it's it's more to do with the programs Okay. Um, themselves. Because, like the accreditation? Yeah. Like, it, like our interiors program, our interiors group does more than a you know, standard interior firm. We don't just pick finishes and <laughs> paints and furniture. We... <laughs> Um, our group really dives into and gets to know the codes. They're almost a full architectural program. They just don't deal with the exterior of a building. So I assume you don't like the term interior designer? Like if you were to like redesign Interior so decorator yeah, is that the one. wrong term. Yes. We like interior architect or interior Get your designer. skin going a little bit on that one? Maybe. Start some fights? Um, are there a lot of women <coughs> minorities in the industry or is it a very like male dominated it's it's still well the architecture program is very male dominated the interiors program is very female dominated um and as far as ownership it is very male dominated so not a lot of females at the top are owning their own firms or whatever it may be no that is correct. How do you feel being a female in a leadership position? I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think we go at business in a different manner. And so my partner and I have been a good balance for each other. Um, so it's been very good. What's your take on being the leader of a business? How do you tend to, to run it? So like you give your workers free reign, like you have your end project and you let them go about it as long as like you know that they'll get it done or do you want it done in a specific manner? No, I give a little more freedom than my partner does. He, he was a little more heavy handed. I'm a little more, there are a thousand ways to skin the cat. So just because I would do it one way doesn't mean it was the only way or the right way. That's how I lead. It's worked out so far. It's worked out. If they uh, can't get a project done that manner, then I help. <laughs> You're a helper? Help. I am a helper. A mentor? How many jobs have you had in your life? Do you know the answer? Like professional jobs or Just jobs? jobs. Yeah, jobs. Oh my. According to your LinkedIn, you've had... Uh, well, those are professional jobs. Yeah, so you've had about, four, well, four or five, I guess five, because you guys got bought out, so. Yeah, so that's the same company. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was at, if you start from when I graduated at Georgia, I worked in Atlanta. And then when I was at RISD, I worked for a structural engineer during school. Then I was at Daly in D.C., and then daily in Atlanta, Omni, and Sun Group. Keeping it pretty small. Well, I guess the average job number of jobs is what seven. 
I think that's what I wrote somewhere. I don't know. I feel like I haven't moved around a lot. Well, you've been pretty stable since 2003. <laughs> Actually, it was seven because I left Omni and went for, to Moser Mayer before we started our company, so that would be seven. So if whatever that um, study was I read was correct, then you're at the average number of jobs. So I shouldn't quit. Yeah, just keep it there. Just stop. Yeah. Okay. And just retire. Retire. Work here forever. Retire. <laughs> the better option of the two? Yeah. <laughs> if you had to give a 20-minute TED Talk tomorrow, what would you choose and why? I don't know. Well, you got to pick. You can't just stand up there and uh, not tell the people anything. They're coming to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dance, sing? I'm not dancing. I'm singing. <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't really like to get up in front of people and talk. Do you have any like side hobbies or anything that you're very passionate about that you'd want to press on to anybody? Being a good mom. <laughs> that would be... I mean, that's always fair. People can learn. Balance. Balance? Balancing the work life. Family life. So that's a fair point. So hard... how do you balance the... Well, I'm done now. I don't have to balance. You don't have... Your kids are gone? <laughs> My kids are out. They're on their own. <laughs> Fending for themselves. Fending for themselves. The big bad world. Yep. But, so when you had younger kids, how did you manage to find that balance? I left work early and I worked late when they went back to, when they went to bed. Did you make it a point to go to outside events and be there for... I tried not to miss a single event. I did miss some, <laughs> um, but I didn't miss many. It's important to be present. So I just opened the laptop back up and they went to bed. That's fair. You made it a priority and work was a priority too. You made time for both. I did. I tried. It's probably very appreciated for your children. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> If not now, maybe later. Maybe later. <laughs> maybe they'll get wiser as they get older. Uh, maybe. We can hope. Do you work to live or live to work? Um, I would say or do you in, not the like past, in the past, work meant more. Um, but now, I work to live. Did it mean more just... Because you really liked what you were doing, or that was kind of... I really liked... I loved what I... I mean, I still love what I do. Just getting tired. Yeah. I want to do more different. Do more different? What would you do? What do you want to do? I don't know. The I famous knew, question. The famous question. I don't know. If I knew that, I would retire, know what I was going to do when I retired. Just at the snap of your fingers? Yep. You'd be like, all right, walking into work tomorrow. Hey guys, I'm retiring. I'm out. <laughs> Tapping out. You're done. Well, I guess you got time to figure out what you're going to do. I do have a few more years. Think about it. Is there anything that you think you'd want to do? Um, it'll be with a non-profit, most likely. Why? I just got to figure it out. Why? Because yeah. um, I like supporting. I like most of my non-profit work has been with Habitat, whether in college or in other locations and in Charlotte. Are you out there building the houses and everything? I've built houses, I've gotten materials for them, 
We just renovated their offices in Charlotte. That was so, kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, like the um, corporate offices? Mm-hmm. Pretty snazzy. Um, would you say your job is part of your identity? Probably, yes. Is that good or bad? Or no? It could be neutral. Good. I've gotten lots of accolades. I'm good. You have. I feel like you're a pretty low-key kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Considering we went to Orlando and, oh, just getting an award this past October. and yep. It's a, it's a big industry. What? I'm pretty low-key. Is that just like a personal choice? Yes. So if, if they know you're good at what you do, it's okay. That not everybody needs to know. So I'm good. Yeah. As long as you know and everybody else knows. Where do you get your inspiration from? Different things. Usually when a client speaks about their office, I get a vision, an image. So it just depends on what they've said or what they they want to do or change in their uh, work environment. Does like everyday life impact that? Like I don't know, try, if you're well-traveled or reading books or anything like that help or just... Sure. All of that helps. Uh, staying up on trends and, um, and guide you in making decisions for them. Do you think this is what you're supposed to be doing? Yes. And you're meant to do? Yes. yes. What's one thing you're really good at that's not work-related? That's not work-related? Yeah. Laughing. You're a good laugher? I'm a good laugher. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. What's one thing you want to learn about or do this year? I would like to read more this year and exercise more. A specific goal or just kind of... Working those small micro goals. Working those goals. Working those goals. Yeah. If you had the chance to do it all over again, would you? Absolutely. In a heartbeat? In a heartbeat. The same way? Um, yeah. No regrets. No regrets? No. No regrets. Wouldn't change a thing. Keep it the same. Okay. Last two, if you had 24 hours to live, money was not an issue, and you could travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers or do anything, what would you do? I would travel. I would go to Lake Como. <laughs> Lake Como? Yeah. The whole day you'd spend 24 hours by yourself at Lake Como? Well, not by myself. I'd have to take my husband. Just bring him to annoy you? Yeah. Well, hopefully not to annoy me, but yes. And last question. What's next? More fun. More fun? More fun. Just in general life, more fun? In general, more fun. More games, more laughs more that laughs. you're good at? Yep. All right. Well, thanks <laughs> for coming on. I enjoyed it. And have a great new year. Thank you. You do the same.